are you going? Good to see you. Why don't you um, give someone a high five? Grab a seat. How's everyone doing? You're good? Just had to grab a mic. My um, voice projection isn't that great. <laughs> well, this morning I'm bringing a message, the power of prayer. Everyone say the power of prayer. It's the fourth in our prayer series. So have you come expectant today? Are you expectant? I know that there is faith in the room. I can feel it. And even if I couldn't feel it, it's here, right? Because God's here. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So whatever promises he made 2,000 years ago still stand, right? And nothing's changed. He hasn't changed. He raised Lazarus from death to life. He can do the same today. Do you believe it? Because it's true. So... I'm unashamedly passionate about prayer, and I know you guys are too, because we've been here for 40 years as a church. How amazing is that? Some of us probably won't be here in another 40 years. Oh, I'll be 95. I might be here. I don't know if I want to be, though. We'll see what God has in mind. So I believe in the power of prayer. I know you guys too do as well, because we have some faith-filled people here. And I believe God wants us to pray some bold and audacious prayers. Are you with me on that? Because he wants to answer, right? So in the summer of 1995 at Springwood Uniting Church, Steve, my better-looking other half, was miraculously healed in a church setting just like this. So the minister, Peter Wilson, had made a statement at the start of the service that he believed a number of people would be healed. And when he made that statement, I immediately got a gift of faith. I felt like something dropped in my spirit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I just thought, gosh, either Steve or I are going to be healed. The funny thing is we were a bit younger then and we weren't sick. So I was like, I don't know what God's going to do. Um, And so he had a number of words of knowledge for people. They were very specific And he had one that ended up being for Steve. So at the time, Joshua was one. And he kind of had ants in his pants, like most one-year-old boys do. So Steve wasn't even in the service. He'd walked out through the foyer, down the stairs. And Peter had this word for someone that they had a lump at the back of their head. And he said, feel it. Everybody, feel your head. And if you've got a lump that shouldn't be there, come out the front. Well, I knew... That was for Steve. I didn't need to feel my head. So I kind of ran out, grabbed him. He was like a deer in the headlights. He's like, what? I said, go out the front. They're going to pray for you. You're going to get healed. The thing was, I felt a bit like the guys, you know, the four guys that brought the lame man to Jesus. And they just knew if they could bring him out the front, if he could actually lower him down. They didn't bring him out the front. Through the roof. We didn't have to lower Steve through the roof, thank goodness. (laughs) That would have been a job and a half, hey? He's a big fella. Um, So I felt like I was kind of like those men. I knew if Steve got out the front, he'd get healed. Steve actually had a physical injury to his skull when he was a baby. He was actually dropped on his head as a baby. I know some of you are thinking something. 
<laughs> Explains a few things. As, as, an, as a newborn um, in a hospital, a trainee midwife or trainee nurse dropped him on his head on an instrument. Wow. There was blood. There was... Um, fortunately, Steve's mum didn't actually, like, sue because it would have been suable. But anyway... So for 26 years, he had this little lump on his head. And the week before, I'd actually said to Steve, I don't like that lump. It worries me. Hmm. That was literally a week before. So Steve went out the front. I looked after Josh. The elders laid hands on his head. They prayed. He didn't fall under the spirit. He didn't cry. Steve doesn't cry very often. But he went and sat back down. He got a bit of a headache. He felt a tightness. And on the way home, Steve's the master of the understatement, by the way. If he says it's cold, it's fresh, it's freezing. So Steve just said, feel my head. And I felt his head and the lump had gone. And to me, what's more important is whatever was going on underneath that lump, whatever was going on in the skull had gone. So Steve was healed under the power of God because of the power of prayer. So prayer is the greatest power that you and I have access to right now. Do you know that? It's a superpower. I love what Charles Spurgeon says about prayer. He says, it's more omnipotent than electricity, attraction, gravitation, or any such secret force. It's true, isn't it? They say nothing happens without prayer and everything happens because we pray. And I guarantee you are here today because someone has prayed for you. I often say to Steve, the only reason that he's still alive is because he's got a praying wife. And uh, for my two sons, particularly Josh, they're still alive because they have a praying mama. And all the praying mamas said, amen. Come on, girls, get loud, amen. It's literally true. Steve is actually a walking scar. He's a farm boy. So if you guys, any of you guys got some great stories, Go compare notes after church. He um, wrestled a bull as a child, had an argument with a cane knife. And I've got so many stories of the fact that Steve's alive because God's impressed on me to pray. So prayer is powerful. It can literally save lives, right? And it's not so much the power of yours and my prayers, but the power of a great God who answers prayer, right? You don't have to be loud. I'm a quiet person. But my prayers are powerful because my God is powerful, right? So we've been doing a prayer series. We started it with uh, Ben preached on the first week on the purpose of prayer, a great message. Then um, Dan uh, preached a very helpful message on the practicalities of prayer. Last week was a brilliant message. If you didn't see it, I encourage you to watch it. Prayer at Pentecost with Rob Badman. And he talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. So this week we're looking at the power of prayer. So I want to use my humble hairdryer as an example of what prayer is actually like. Let me just pull it off for a minute. Prayer is a lot like a hairdryer. Did you know that? <laughs> you, you didn't, Lindsay. I'm surprised. Let me explain why. First of all, this baby is powerful. Everyone needs a hairdryer, right? <laughs> Come on, Lindsay. Your hair looks like you blow-dried it this morning. 
I'm just going to go over this side. Lindsay doesn't understand. <laughs> Some of you girls will understand. This is a powerful tool, right? But it's only powerful when it's plugged in. And it's the same with prayer. It's, it's about us aligning ourselves, plugging ourselves in to what God wants to do. The other thing is I've blown up these guys many, many times. Anyone else blown up the hairdryer multiple times? Yes, yes, yes. Apparently it's because hair gets caught in here. I had to ask Steve about this. In the inlet and then kind of combusts, internally combusts inside and it causes a blowout or a burnout. And I was thinking, you know, often our prayer life is like that. We need a flow of air. We need Holy Spirit. We have blockages. So maybe today you need to unblock something. Maybe you need Holy Spirit just to come and breathe fresh life into your prayer life. So prayer is like a hairdryer, Lindsay. Told you. <laughs> so I want to actually talk about this sermon's really a how sermon. How do we plug into God? How do we ensure that we're connecting with his power source? How do we ensure that we have that flow, the flow of the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about that. So I have three simple thoughts for you today. They all start with the same letter, mysteriously, just like, just like Pastor Ben likes. And um, I'm just hoping that as I speak some scriptures over you, as I share some faith testimonies, that it can stir up faith in you guys because I believe that today God wants us to answer. God wants to answer and he wants us to pray some bold and audacious prayers. So I want you to think about that because there will be a time for response at the end. We've already had a few people come out the front, but we've got time to linger and you can never pray too much, right? So my first thought is this. If we want to pray powerful prayers, we need to pray his way. So what is his way? God wants us to pray simple childlike prayers, right? I love the KISS principle, keep it simple, sunshine. Some of you thought I was going to say something else. When I was 10, we went to the US for a year and it was the best year of my life. It was also in some ways the hardest year. So for six months I went to school in Sacramento and then for the next six months we, um, we'd bought a motorhome when we first got over there and we travelled all over the US, saw almost every state. It was brilliant, so good. But we were in a little motorhome. It was a small motorhome. It wasn't a Winnebago or a Maui. It was this little motorhome. And there were five of us, three kids. I was the middle child with two brothers. Probably explains a few things as well. And if you've, who's been camping with your kids? It gets hectic, doesn't it? I mean, it's like we were on the road for six months. So after about three or four months, we were like... I don't know, we were all getting under each other's nerves and it was getting stressful. So I decided I really needed to pray. And my family were going off shopping. They asked, do you want to come? And I'm like, no, not really. I want to stay here, have some peace. So I prayed the only way that I knew how at that stage, which was these rote prayers that I'd learned in the church I was in. And I heard an audible voice say to me, you don't need to pray that way. You can just talk to me as a friend. Now, I don't share this story very often because it's kind of sacred. And I also reckon you guys would think I was crazy. You're making it up. 
but I'm not. I heard an audible voice, and I was 10. So who knows when you hear the audible voice of God, it gets your attention. It really got my attention. It's weird because when I think about it, my family came back from shopping and I acted like, you know, nothing had happened. But I just heard Jesus speak to me. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about prayer. Because he got my attention. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God again. And I don't expect to, to be honest. But at that moment in time, he got my attention. And he told me that. I've never forgotten. You can just talk to me as a friend. Imagine the surprise when years later, I read in the, in the Gospels, Jesus say, you can, you can now call me friend. I realised that was Jesus. Wow. So a child's prayers are powerful. And I believe that God wants us to pray like children. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 7 to 8. And it's before he teaches them how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is simple and childlike, isn't it? It's so simple and pure. He says this, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Isn't that powerful? God just wants us to, just to speak to him. Tell him what we need. So praying his way is praying simple childlike prayers. It's also praying in humility. You know, I think the greatest definition of prayer is us aligning our hearts with God's heart. When I know who God is, I recognise who he is and who I am, that he is God and I am not. That's powerful, isn't it? And I really feel the most powerful prayers are the most humble, desperate prayers because God honours that. And when we pray, we pray in reverence. It's our attitude, attitude, sorry. It's our posture when we pray because he is God Almighty, right? He's the creator of the universe. He is light. He is love. He is hope. So our attitude is to bow before him. And we come to him because of our insufficiency. We can't do it without him. We need him. As Jesus says in John 15, 5, apart from him, we can do nothing. We are utterly and completely dependent on him. I love these quotes from Corrie Ten Boom. She says this, Dear Jesus, how foolish of me to have called for human help when you are here. True, isn't it? How many times do we get on the phone, check Dr. Google, when Jesus is here? He's available. How about this one? She says, It is not my ability, but my response to God's ability that counts. Wow. And then this third one, perhaps only when human effort had done its best and failed, would God's power alone be free to work. I often think it's when we get out of the way that God can work and do his work. So praying in humility, that's praying his way. And then praying bold and audacious prayers. You know, I've mentioned a few times recently the story of my dad. Um, 
He passed away about two years ago. And before he got seriously ill, I hadn't seen my dad for 14 years. That's a long time, right? We'd tried to reconcile, but it just wasn't doable. And a few months before my dad passed away, I began to pray for reconciliation. And that, that really was a kind of a strange thing because in the natural, it was completely impossible. And yet, I really felt an urgency in my spirit to pray for that. And then I got a call from my brother. Actually, I got an email from my brother and then I called him. And I was told that my dad was critical and had, at that point in time, he was and had days to live. And so I knew that my heavenly father wanted me to be reconciled with my earthly father. But in the natural, it was completely impossible to do. But I really believe it was because of that prayer that it was made possible. So I was initially told that I couldn't see him unless he was unconscious. And I knew that that wasn't God's desire, that wasn't God's will. How could I reconcile with him if he wasn't even conscious? So I asked a team of amazing girls and the prayer team to pray with me. And we got praying and guess what? I got to see my dad. He was conscious. He wasn't well. He was very unwell. Um, he had neurological damage, um, very sort of rapid onset dementia. Uh, he couldn't feed himself. He couldn't walk. He had undiagnosed glaucoma. So there was so much going on. But we had some moments of reconciliation. I got to pray with my dad, got to hold his hand and tell him that I loved him. So I just want to remind you today that you might think of something right now, some moment, some, um, some situation that you feel is impossible. And I want to remind you that with God, nothing is impossible. That reconciliation was only possible because of prayer, really. It broke down the walls. Darlene Check challenged us at State Conference a couple of weeks ago with a really great uh, message titled, It's Time to Ask. And it really resonated with me. And I really feel in this season we've moved through COVID, it's still with us, but we've probably moved through the worst of it. It's time to ask again. Some of us have kind of settled for the comfortable. Maybe it's time for you to get out of your comfortable recliner and get before God and ask Maybe you've stopped asking because, you know, hope defers makes the heart sick when we, when we defer hope. We've all been there. But maybe it's time to ask again. We can come with confident hope, right? He is our burden bearer. He took the burden for us. We can turn our burdens into prayer. I love what Corrie ten Boom says. Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. In other words, if you've got a burden, turn it into prayer. Jesus is our, our intercessor. He's our mediator. He went before us. He made a way. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can approach his throne. We can walk up to Jesus. We can ask with confidence because he loves you. 
He died for you. He's done everything to make a way back. How about this one, Luke 137? For no word from God will ever fail. The NIV used to say, nothing is impossible with God. The King James still says that. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So God wants us to pray his way, simple, childlike prayers. Prayers offered in humility and bold, audacious prayers. So that's my first point, pray his way. And then secondly, pray his will. You know, praying his will requires submission to his will, doesn't it? And sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't want to do, right? And it's hard to submit to his will. So I've got a word for a few of you people, and it's, I'm preaching it back to myself. Stop being a control freak. Most of us, if we're really honest, and it's the only way to be, right? Most of us are control freaks. We want to be in control. The reality is you're not in control of anything. Your next breath is dependent on the goodness of God. We're just not in control. So the more we learn that, the better we'll be. I've kind of reached a point in my life where I honestly don't want to go down any avenue unless it's God's will because I've realised it's not actually going to bless me at all. It's just not. I love what Corrie ten Boom says again. I've got lots of Corrie ten Boom quotes today. She says this, There are no ifs in God's world and no places that are safer than other places. The centre of his will is our only safety. Let us pray that we may always know it. That's good, isn't it? The centre of his will is the only safe place. I'm going to say that again. The centre of his will is the only safe place. Why would we want to go anywhere else? God's not a magician. You can't rub a... He's not a genie in a bottle. You can't rub the bottle. Get him to grant your wish. Because why would we want to anyway? We really want to know what his will is because that's the safe place. Even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed... Yet not your will, yet not, my, yet not my will, sorry, but yours be done. Even Jesus, he is God, 100% God, 100% humanity. He surrenders his will to his Father's will and goes to the cross for us. Matthew 6.10 in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes, of course, you're not, it's hard to know what God's will is. And I find, as Rob touched on last week, that often in those moments it's good to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit. And then you, can, you will often have a sense of what God's will is. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you direction. So praying his will also means praying in his name and in his authority. And I want to spend a few minutes thinking about this one because this is my key point for today. You know, Jesus defeated Satan at the cross and he's given us delegated authority in his name. But I reckon, and I'm reminding myself of this, we forget this. 
Matthew 18, 18 to 20 in the Amplified says this, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you lose, permit or declare lawful on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. And then it goes on. Look at this in verse 19. This is powerful. Again, I say to you that if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind in harmony about anything that they ask within the will of God, there's the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. Wow, that's powerful. So we're two, just two of us, gathered together, praying in his name, in his will, it will be done. That's incredible. Think about the power and authority that we have in his name. We have authority to bind and to loose in his name, as it's already been done in heaven. We have authority to pray healing in his name. Then in Luke 10, 19, where's Troy? I'd apologise to Troy for this one. Jesus makes this promise. I love this promise. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I just need to say that, um, for the sake of Troy, that uh, I'm sure that Jesus is really speaking more about spiritual principles here. Stepping on the, um, the work of the enemy and the power of the, of the enemy because he's under our foot. So uh, don't tackle him a brown snake today, okay? Unless God tells you to. When our hearts are aligned with his heart, when we're praying in his will, then we have an authority in which we can stand when we pray in his name. Here's the thing. When we call on someone's name, we're making a call or a demand on their ability, aren't we? And we can only be confident in that when we recognise the power that lies behind that name. So successful companies understand this in the marketplace. They understand if their product has a good name, that people will believe in it, right? Because it's, it's the power behind that name. You think of um, Apple products, for example. When we buy an Apple product, we think of ingenuity, reliability, simplicity, accessibility, creativity. Do you like those words? That's what we think of when we buy an Apple product. How much more can we trust the name of Jesus? Here's the thing. You and I can call on his name because we're in the family of God. His name defeats the enemy. In fact, prayer is our fiercest weapon against the enemy, which is why we so often struggle to pray. The enemy will do everything he can to try and stop you praying. He doesn't want you praying. Because he knows when you do, when you get on your knees, when you get on your face before God, your prayers in Jesus' name are powerful. I love this quote from Priscilla Shira. It's kind of, when I think of it, it, it has this epic visual better than any Star Wars scene. Priscilla says this, Prayer is the portal, I love that word, that brings the power of heaven down to earth. It is kryptonite. Do you love that? To the enemy and to all his ploys against you. That's the power of prayer. 
Prayer in his name has the authority to heal. It has the authority to bind up the work of the enemy. It has the authority to help us to get through whatever the situation is. So we need to learn to pray in his will, to submit to his will and to learn how to pray in his name and in his authority. And then if the team wants to come up, my final point is this. So we pray his way, we pray his will and we pray his word. His word is powerful. It's powerful. It's alive. It's active. It's powerful. You know, I first learned how to pray the word when I was um, listening to or watching Marilyn Hickey Ministries and um, also the Connect Group leader at the time kind of taught us how to personalise the word and pray the word. And I believe there's a direct connection between the degree to which our minds are shaped by the word and the degree to which our prayers are answered. Jesus says this in John 15, 7. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow. Ask whatever you wish. Wow. I wonder sometimes how many of our prayers aren't answered because we're not really remaining in him. Or maybe because his word isn't really remaining in us. But we have an opportunity to change that, you know. We can change that. God created the whole universe, not just earth, the whole universe through his spoken word. He said, let there be light. And there was. So your words, my words, have creative power. You can change what's going on in your circumstances right now through your spoken word when you speak his word. Because it's got creative power. You know, when we speak the word, we are restating God's truth back to him. He hasn't forgotten it. He's God. But it's good for us to do that. It affirms our faith. And it's powerful to pray in the promises of God. To call those things that be not as if they were. I love, you know, the worship this morning. God's presence was so real. We started with that song, I see. Do you see what I see? I want to ask you today, what do you see? What do you see and what do you need to speak to bring it into being? Because some of you have dreams in your heart and the bank said no. Maybe friends have said no. But if Jesus says yes, guess what? He gets the final word. He has the final word. Jesus is the word. He's the word. So I'd encourage you to think about what promises God's given to you. This week, start praying them into being. Romans 8, 28, one of my favourites. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. How do you personalise that? Thank you, God. Things look messy right now. But you've promised you will work all things together for my good because I'm called according to your purpose. So you begin to pray that prayer personally for you because God wrote it for you. 
it's for you. How about Romans 8.31? What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you, God. You're for me. You love me. I'm your child. If you're for me, what can be against me? Who can be against me? Nobody. Nothing. Amen. So let me remind you, praying powerful prayers, and you can pray powerful prayers because Jesus lives in you. Number one, pray his way. Simple, childlike prayers. Prayers prayed in humility. Bold and audacious prayers. Pray his will. We need to submit to his, his will. Learn how to pray in his name and his authority. And then finally, three, pray his word. His word is powerful. It has creative power. I want to ask for you to think about responding today. We've already had a response, but there is time now to linger. And I want to, um, I want to ask you, some of you need to pray some bold and audacious prayers for reconciliation. I really feel to put this one out there. That's what I had to do with my dad. It's There's a whole complicated story behind that, but my heavenly dad wanted me to be reconciled with my earthly dad. Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. So I wonder if anyone here today is bold enough to come out the front if you need bold and audacious prayers for reconciliation, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, maybe in your extended family, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's with a workmate, maybe it's even with someone here. Because, you know, we're family, sometimes we fight, then we kiss and make up, we love each other again, but we are family. So if you would like us to pray a bold and audacious prayer for reconciliation, any aspect, we're not going to judge, we're not going to ask questions. We're just going to pray because it's actually not about us. It's about what God wants to do. And we are called actually to be ministers of reconciliation. And I know sometimes it's not possible. So I'm not talking about where it's, it's an unhealthy relationship. But, but I'm saying, as the Bible says, as far as it depends on me, be at peace with everyone. So if, that, if that's you, I'd encourage you to come on out the front. Our team's going to come and pray with you. And then if you need a miracle in your body, a miracle of healing, if you need just a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, and if you have any prayer needs, why don't you come out the front? The team's going to come and join you. And we're going to pray for you. So just as you're doing that, let me just close in prayer. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you that you did all to make a way for us by sending your Son Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to go to the cross so we could be fully reconciled with our heavenly dad. Lord, I thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord, just as you promised in Hebrews 4.16, we can boldly approach that throne of grace with confidence because of what you did, Jesus, on the cross for us. So, Lord, I pray for every person who's here today, Lord. We open our hearts to you. We thank you, God, that nothing is impossible for you. And Lord, we, we make a choice today 
to get back on our knees, to get on our faces before you, to pray when we're driving in the car this week to work. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that you hear our prayers. We know the authority that you've given us in your name to pray. And we thank you, God, that you love to answer prayer even more than we do to ask. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you come out the front if you'd like prayer? And the team is going to pray with you. Bless you guys.